Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. Yeah, it's him, Emilio. On this uh, episode, we're going to be continuing our discussion of the best lineups one could put together of NBA players based upon where they played in college. On this episode, we're going to be tackling the colleges of Bradley University and the University of New Mexico. Which Danny Granger went to both of them. Yes, you'll be uh, discussing Danny Granger throughout the episode. Uh, as we do on these episodes, we're going to uh, approach it position by position, starting at center, then power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. Of course, we have uh, plenty to get to in this episode, as we always do. So uh, we're going to begin with uh, players who attended Bradley. Let's uh, start at Bradley Center. Mills, who you got? Um, sorry if I'm not pronouncing his name right, but um, I have Steve Kuberski. Yeah, I think that's correct. Steve Kuberski, a guy who played before our time. Uh, Two-time NBA champ. Two-time NBA champ on the uh, Celtics, as you said. Uh, began his career with the Celtics in 1969 and uh, actually wrapped up his career with the Celtics as well after playing elsewhere for a few years in uh, Milwaukee and in Buffalo. For only uh, two years, but yeah. Yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Steve Kuberski. I mean, the guy who uh, was the last player before Larry Bird to wear number 33 for the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, not much to say about this guy. I mean, okay player, but, I mean, yeah, he wore number 33, um, the one before Larry Bird, but also he was done to be a champion, so. Yeah, pretty impressive. I mean, part of, uh, of two NBA championship teams, didn't play a ton of minutes during those seasons, as best we could tell. I mean, uh, he's looking at, you know, somewhere in the uh, 12 to 15-minute uh, range on those uh, uh, playoff teams for uh, for the Celtics during that time. Yeah, but um, – Maybe even a little less than that. In the first year that he went to the playoffs, he averaged 11.6 points per game. So. Yeah, so. could obviously fill it up in, under the right circumstances with the right kind of uh, volume load. Um Fourth round pick back in the uh, 1969 NBA draft, and a guy who uh, was, you know, from right around uh, Bradley University, uh, in from Moline, Illinois. Bradley being located in Peoria, and uh, not a ton of impressive uh, centers from Bradley. No, for sure. Yeah, so I mean, may maybe the choice by default, and you know, two-time NBA title is certainly, uh, you know, you could do a lot worse than that. I also had uh, Steve Kuberski at center. Who'd you have at power forward, Mills? I had um, Danny Granger. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Danny Granger. As we mentioned, Danny Granger is going to be featured uh, across this episode on both these teams. Yes. Um, One-time All-Star, All-Rookie Team, Most Improved Player. I mean, this guy was good, but the only problem is he completely dropped off at one point. Yeah, it really is, uh, really is a shame. I mean, Danny Granger's career kind of humming along there through uh, age 28 or so. And then a really precipitous decline as uh, as injuries really wreaked havoc on on his career. Yeah, I mean, it never got over nine points a game after that. And that was sixteen point eight points per game for his career. I mean, one steal, point eight blocks, um, four point nine rebounds, and one point nine assists. But the scoring, he got up to over twenty five point eight points per game at his best, and he was an all star that year. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, age 25, I mean, this guy had, had really stepped into his own. I mean, he's, he's uh, as you mentioned, 
uh, 25.8 points per game. I mean, during during that season, that's going to be among the leaders and up, was up the following season over 24 points per game as well. Actually uh, attended uh, Bradley, as we mentioned, uh, prior to uh, transferring to New Mexico. And graduating from there. I think he graduated from New Mexico. I can't remember how many years he uh, he spent in uh, in college altogether. Indeed, he, he played uh, four years in college. Uh, supposedly, he left Bradley because uh, he didn't get along with uh, Coach Jim Less, who uh, also attended Bradley. And in his case, I guess uh, Less was Less. But he was still monstrous in both colleges. Yeah, he played extremely well, absolutely, at, at both colleges. And, and I mean, it must have been a big loss uh, for Bradley losing such a high quality player. Yeah, I mean, 32 points per game in his first year at New Mexico. 32 points per game? Uh, those are minutes per game, but uh, definitely played a lot of minutes uh, with, with, with Bradley. <laughs> no, had almost 20 points per game, though, in his final year with Bradley and his first year with New Mexico. So that was definitely filling it up in those 40 minute games. Uh, no question about it. A really good shooter as well. I mean, th- this guy uh, managed to uh, you know get up to 38% uh, shooting on on pretty decent volume for the era in which he played uh, four and a half threes a game across his career. And uh, yeah, it's a, really a, a missed opportunity. I mean, it w- would have been awesome to see what he could have done. Teamed with Paul George on those uh, Pacers teams as Paul George was coming in. Danny Granger, unfortunately, was kind of uh, on the decline. Uh, unable to, uh, to to hang around and, and, and see what that pairing was uh, was capable of. Interestingly, I uh, realized he was accepted to uh, Yale University, so obviously uh, quite an intellect as well. Uh, hadn't, hadn't realized that about Danny Granger. Of course, he didn't attend Yale University, but uh, learned that from his uh, Wikipedia page. He was accepted to Yale University. They wanted him to attend. They wanted him to attend. They extended an offer for him to come study at Yale University, one of the, one of the top uh, universities in the country. What? Let's, let's move on rather than belaboring this point <laughs> about Danny Granger potentially attending or being accepted to Yale University. I had Danny Granger as my uh, power forward as well. He played a lot of, sh- of small forward, though. Uh, it sh- yes. should be mentioned. He's small forward on my other team. Yeah, so let's uh, l- let's get to uh, your, uh, your small forward on this Bradley squad. Who'd you have? I had Chet Walker, I mean, probably the best player on the squad, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, six-time NBA champion, six-time NBA champion, NBA champion and all-rookie team. I mean, this guy is the Jet. Yeah, uh, Chet the Jet. I mean, uh, apparently a really fast player, and uh, we were watching some of him uh, balling out earlier, some highlights of him. He's pretty nasty. Yeah, this guy could really fill it up. I mean, you know, playing, uh, you know, uh, pre-three-point line, of course, uh, you know, the spacing obviously looks a lot, a lot different when you watch highlights from back in the day. But uh, if it was a three-point line, he would have been killing it from back there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see him taking that many long-range shots, but but I bet you he could have adjusted to get back there, and he would have been popping. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I mean, this—he was a very accurate shooter during his time in the league. I mean, 80% free throw shooter during his uh, during his years, and you know, it's 47% from the field. You know, you got to consider it within the context of the league. It's pretty good. And obviously, yes. as you mentioned, a seven-time All-Star. So uh, someone who was really respected among his peers. Interestingly, he averaged 22.0 um, points per game in two years in a row. Yeah, back-to-back years with the Bulls. I mean, really, uh, you know, a, a star with uh, with the Sixers and with the Bulls uh, throughout his time in the league. So More with the Bulls, but. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and made the move uh, to Philadelphia with the uh, with the Syracuse Nationals, and was good for pretty much his whole career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maintained that uh, high scoring average, nineteen point two points per game, even in his uh, final season. And so only twelve point three points per game in his first season, but that's still solid. Pretty impressive. Uh, broke into the league in uh, in Syracuse with the uh, <laughs> with the Syracuse Nationals. <laughs> okay, don't mention LV. All right, we'll move on. Um, so I had Chet Walker here as my uh, as my small forward as well. I did think it was interesting to uh, learn a little bit about him. Really didn't know much about him despite uh, his status yeah. as a Hall of Famer. He looks he looks really weird in his Wikipedia page. He has like huge smile. <laughs> uh, he enjoyed playing basketball. Uh, notably, uh, played uh, played start, uh, was a starting forward on the uh, 66, 67. 76ers, who uh, one of the great teams of all time. I and mean, that team was uh, 68 and 13. So uh, d- definitely notable that um, you know he was part of that squad as a starter with Will Chamberlain, Dave Gamby, Hal Greer. I mean, this was a really high-quality team. They won the title, right? Yeah, won the title. One of the greatest teams in NBA history. So Chet Walker, definitely a part of that. Let's uh, let's move on to the uh, to the shooting guard spot, Mills. Uh, who do you have there? I had um, Hersey Hawkins. Yeah, Hersey Hawkins. Let's talk about Hawk. Yeah, I mean, good player, one-time All-Star, um, all-rookie team, I think. Um, yeah, solid player. Got up over 20 points a game twice. I mean, 14.7 points per game for his career. Solid player. Yeah, definitely a high-quality player for a long time. 983 regular season games uh, during his career. 896 of those were starts up over 32 minutes a game across his entire career. So a guy who was getting starter level minutes, in fact, starting the vast majority of games, really good shooter too. I mean, 39% from three for his career. I mean, it's indicative of uh, what he was able to accomplish from out there. Not a ton of volume. I mean, as we've said so many times in these episodes, I mean, the guy who ended his career in 2001, you know, 3.2, three pointers per game, but definitely a threat from out there. 87% uh, free throw shooter in his career. So this guy could, could really stroke it. And, um, you know, got some uh, accolades in, in college as well, in addition to uh, having won the uh, NBA Sportsmanship Award in uh, 1999. Yep. Uh, yeah, one-time All-Star, as I think you mentioned, and uh, was a Sporting News Player of the Year and won, won a whole bunch of college uh, accolades while at Bradley in 1988. So a big-time player and a guy who had a really solid NBA career, if not one that was, you know, dotted with All-Star appearances, didn't get there that one time. Yes. I had Hersey Hawkins as well as my uh, as my shooting guard. Who'd you have at the point? I think we uh, we diverge a little bit on this one. I had um, Laverne Tart. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Laverne Tart. Uh, not a player I knew a ton about prior to uh, looking into this. I mean, comes out of the gate averaging 26.9 um, points per game. Yeah, I mean, I, pretty impressive. I mean, right right out of the gate with, uh, with with Oakland to start his career, the Oakland Oaks of the uh, of the ABA guy who played exclusively in the ABA, but uh, his numbers are really eye popping. I mean, nineteen point four points per game for his career. Yeah, this guy's really good. And averaged as many as you know. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, twenty six point nine in a partial season with the Oakland Oaks in his first year at age twenty five. But uh, also, you know, averaged 24.2 points per game later in his career in, uh, in the 1969-70 season. That was before averaging 7.7 points per game for a part of a season. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows what might have been a play during that time, maybe you know, coming back from injury or something like that. I mean, you know, playing less than uh, his normal minutes load. 
but uh, definitely a guy who could fill out the box score. I mean, in uh, in, in ABA basketball from uh, you know sixty seven to seventy one, kind of a short career, only going from age twenty five to uh, age twenty eight for him. But uh, definitely a guy who had a major impact. For sure. So who do you have there? So yeah, I, I went with uh, with Anthony Parker instead. I don't know if you looked at uh, looked at this guy. I, I remember him uh, from his career really after he returned from uh, from overseas. A guy who was drafted in the '97 draft, 21 overall by the Nets, and traded, I believe, immediately, maybe draft night, uh, to the Sixers. Played just a couple of pretty ineffectual years in the league with the Sixers and the Magic before going to Israel and playing there for six years on Maccabi Tel Aviv and becoming a really important player for them. Um, won the uh, EuroLeague MVP, actually, two years back-to-back -back, uh, while over there in uh, in Israel. And uh, came back to have a pretty solid career uh, in, in the back half of his career in the NBA from age 31 to 36. Uh, that's from the years uh, 2006 to 2012. First with the Raptors and then with the Cavs on some uh, some pretty solid teams. So uh, definitely a guy who, who, who made an impact in uh, in the NBA if uh, way later than you might have expected. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, he's a small forward and tuning guard to me. And I don't know. I was going to put him here. He's like 6'5", I think. Yeah, he was uh, six six actually. So taller, taller guy. I mean, I appreciate Laverne Tart, maybe more uh, more traditional point guard size at uh, six two one ninety five. I w just wanted to mention Laverne Tart's nicknames are Doc and Jelly. So yeah, you got to mention that. Absolutely, you got to get that in there. Anthony Parker's uh, nickname. I've wondered if uh, anyone calls him Tony because uh, that might get a little bit confusing. Tony Parker. Anyway, uh, so let's, uh, let's let's run down our, our starting lineups for Bradley, and then we can uh, get to a couple more guys here. Um, so Steve Kuberski, um, Danny Graham, Jared Chatwalker, Hersey Hawkins, and Laverne Tart. Yeah, I had uh, uh, Steve Kuberski at center, Danny Green at power forward, Chet Walker at small forward, Hersey Hawkins at uh, shooting guard, and Anthony Parker at the point. Uh, let's, uh, let's mention a couple other players uh, who attended – um, Bradley, you can mention uh, Al Smith. Did you uh, you look into Al Smith at all? Um, not really, actually. I did look at him, but yeah, not a great player. Only played a little bit. Yeah, also a uh, Peoria native guy who got uh, drafted a couple of times uh, into the NBA, both in uh, 1969 by the Bulls and uh, again in 1971 by the Bulls, and uh, played in the ABA instead of uh, joining the NBA, both with the uh, Denver Rockets and the uh, Utah Stars. A uh, guy could, uh, could dish it, looks like. I mean, you know, 5.3 assists uh, for his career, led the league in assists one year in the ABA with 8.1 back in the 73-74 uh, season with those uh, Denver Rockets. Yeah, I mean, solid player. Definitely. Um, also wanted to mention uh, Jim Less, who uh, went on to coach at Bradley some years later and was uh, supposedly at least in some way responsible for uh, Danny Granger having uh, wanted to transfer out of, uh, out of Bradley. Tough break for the school. Yeah, rough. Too bad for him. I mean, not a good job. No, I definitely want to keep a high-quality player like that around. And I also wanted to mention uh, Walt Lemon. Walt Lemon Jr. Uh, currently, uh, you know, kind of hanging around uh, hanging around the fringes of the league. Who knows? So this guy uh, might, might get back in at some point. I played uh, in the 2018-2019 uh, season at age 26. Played and six games and averaged 14.3 points per game. Yeah, actually some impressive numbers. I mean, hasn't played a lot, um, but in the games he's played, 27.8 minutes per game in that most recent season. 
Uh, so I want to see the um, um, per 36 minutes. Yeah, point 36 minutes in that season, 18.5 points per game. This guy's killing it. Yeah, I mean, not, not much run, only 167 total minutes, but um, yeah, maybe some promise here. Yeah, maybe. Walt Lemon's still uh, playing his trade as a professional basketball player, and maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll get another look sometime. Exactly. Finally, wanted to mention uh, Patrick O'Brien, a guy who was taken in the uh, pretty pretty high up in the lottery, I believe. Uh, Patrick O'Brien was um, the ninth overall pick in the 2006 draft, and uh, didn't end up having much of a career. I mean, one of these like guys who was a huge project big, and uh, it never worked out. I mean, just uh, you know, only 90 games in the league. Uh, now, you know, a long time later. Yeah, I mean, think before J.J. Reddick, so. Yeah, Rajon Rondo. I mean, you can usually look at these drafts and see guys who slipped who shouldn't have. In Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. You'd much rather have these guys. Paul Millsap went in the second round that year as well. So. And so did P.J. Tucker. Absolutely. So uh, definitely could have uh, used that pick better than uh, Patrick O'Brien. But, you know, that's uh, that's how draft history is. It's littered with all these guys who, uh, you know, seemed like a good idea maybe to some people at the time. And. Didn't work out for whatever reason. All right, let's uh, let's take like Adam Morrison. Yeah, like Adam Morrison. Uh, let's take a quick break here, and we'll be back in just a moment to uh, discuss New Mexico. And we're back to uh, continue our discussion, talking about uh, New Mexico players now. Mills, who do you have at New Mexico center? Um, Mel Daniels. Yeah, I mean this guy's super good. Yeah, yeah, super talented player in the Hall of Fame. Uh, tell us a little bit about Big Mel. Yeah, I mean, Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star, All-ABA um, All-Time Team. I mean, three-time ABA champ, five-time All-ABA, All-Rookie Team, um, All-Star Game MVP, two-time MVP, and I think he won the first ever Rookie of the Year. Pretty impressive. Yeah, as a 23-year-old in, uh, in in Minnesota, starting his career out with the uh, Minnesota Muskies of the ABA uh, after finishing up at New Mexico. Yeah, tell us a little bit about Mel Daniels' game. Yeah, I mean, big-time rebounder, 18 rebounds. I mean, first career, 18.4 points per game and 14.9 rebounds a game. And in one year, 21 points per game, 18 rebounds per game. I mean, just scoring and rebounding. I mean, those, the numbers are ridiculous. Yeah, I had a run of double-double years, but double-doubles are really selling it short. I mean, he had a run of uh, – Looks like six years there where he had at least 18 points per game and at least 15 rebounds per game across six seasons, really dominating in the early days of the ABA. And, of course, he was an all-star his first seven seasons in the ABA. Yeah, I mean, great, great player. One of the real dominators of his day, a member of the ABA's all-time team, as named in 96-97. And, uh, you know, I think, I think one of the guys you have to think of is uh, one of the foundational players of the ABA, looking back yeah. on it all these years later. I mean, you'll see the uh, – you know, comments made by uh, guys he played against in the ABA who uh, definitely look, look at him in that light as one of the all-time greats. Yeah. And it's reflected by his position in the uh, in the Hall of Fame, also known as uh, Big D. Has his uh, number 34 retired <laughs> retired by the Pacers as, as well. Yes, for sure. And uh, Big Mel as well. Yes, I uh, was uh, uh, in high school in, uh, in Detroit, went to the same high school, Pershing High School as uh, Spencer Haywood, Ralph Simpson, Kevin Willis, Ted Sizemore, and Steve Smith. So a lot of NBA talent coming out of that high school in Detroit. For sure, and he's the best of them. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive, uh, I would say. So I had Mel Daniels at center as well, of course. You think he's the best player we're talking about in this episode? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think so as well. 
Let's uh, let's get to power forward. Mills, who'd you have there? I had Kenny Thomas. Yeah, I had Kenny Thomas as well. Tell us a little bit about Kenny Thomas. Yeah, I mean, he could really throw down. He could pop it as well. I mean, uh, I guess he can really pop it, but <laughs> he didn't take that many threes. It's like took point four threes and average and um twenty four percent. But let's move on. Um, <laughs> 9.3 points per game, but at his peak, 14.5 points per game. He had a run that's five years in a row or seven years for his whole career that he averaged over 10 points a game. Yeah, definitely uh, had some skills on the court. There's no question. Had a year where he averaged a double-double. Uh, you know, could, could get it, get his rebounds, uh, could could score it a little bit. I think he was a solid shooter, just not necessarily from uh, from distance. Uh, but as you mentioned, could really throw it down. Good athlete in, his, in the early part of his career. And an effective player. I mean, got 632 regular season games in his career across uh, time with the Rockets, the Sixers, and the Kings. And uh, out of league of 32, but having done uh, some serious damage. Uh, 406 starts during that time, 27.4 minutes per game. So definitely a uh, you know high-quality NBA player, a guy who hung around for a long time. Had a really successful run in college in New Mexico, too. Remember him being on some uh, notable New Mexico teams. Actually led... Uh, the, uh, the Lobos, which is the name of the New Mexico team, to uh, four consecutive uh, first-round wins in the NCAA tournament. So that's uh, that's quite a feather in your cap coming from uh, New Mexico. Yeah, for sure. They won a nice national title. You asked me how they ever won a national title? Yeah. I don't I don't believe so. But uh, part of uh, some of the more successful times in uh, New Mexico basketball, to be sure. So yeah. uh, good on uh, Kenny Thomas. Still just uh, 43. So uh, he's been out of the league for some time. But. Uh, not too old yet. Let's uh, let's get into uh, talking about our small forward from New Mexico. Yeah, I mean, Danny Granger. We already talked about him. Yeah, I had Danny Granger as well. This is more natural position, I would say. Yes. Uh, anything else to say about Danny Granger? I mean, this guy was a really good player. I mean, I think he would, he would feature as a power forward or small forward on a lot of these college teams. Yeah, I mean, not much more to say. We talked about, we talked about him for <clears> – we talked about him a bunch of – in the first segment. <laughs> glad, glad we got that out there. Um, let's talk about our, uh, our shooting guard. Who do you have there, Mills? You had Danny Granger as well. I did. Um, I had Tony Snell. Yeah, so uh, let's, let's talk about Tony Snell. Obviously, this is a uh, current player on the, on the Pistons, in fact. Yeah, I mean, actually a solid player. Can pop it. I mean, 38% um, for his career. Only 1.2 points, um, 1.2 um, um, threes a game. But he's a solid player. I mean, this year, I mean, 100% from the line. They actually played 59 games. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. He did uh, He did shoot extremely well from the free throw line this year, 32 for 32. So that's a real feather in your cap. You get to put that in your uh, in your line forever. Um, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Uh, that's, that's a good find. Actually, I mean, kind of a low-end starter, I would say, but uh, a, a start, you know, guy who you could work with has enough uh, length on defense to, uh, you know, bother opposing wings. And as you mentioned, can shoot it at a pretty reasonable rate despite uh, not getting a lot of volume up there. Really, I mean, not not a lot of volume at all for a guy who's starting games and playing. I mean, as he did this year, uh, up near twenty eight minutes a game, only getting uh, you know four and a half threes up. But uh, you know, a, a filler type on on a team like the Pistons that uh, that really isn't going anywhere right now. So I mean, maybe he could be better than that in a more limited role. But on a uh, on, on in, in a starting capacity, I think probably uh, about 
limited to uh, to what he's done so far with the Pistons. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, went to uh, high school and grew up in in California, where he was uh, high school teammates with uh, Kawhi Leonard. Oh man. Yeah, pretty interesting, right? Uh, obviously, hasn't gone on to the same success as Kawhi, but I mean, you can imagine uh, having two NBA players on uh, one high school team. You're going to be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is Kawhi Leonard, and they were actually uh, 30 and three during his uh, during his career, or during his uh, best season there with uh, the uh, Saint with the excuse me Martin Luther King High School team in uh, in high school. Obviously, um, so <laughs> I had Tony Snell as well. Who do you have at the point, Mills? I had Michael Cooper. I had Michael Cooper as well. He, uh, I think, probably better suited to uh, to shooting guard, but a guy who played the points some and uh, racked up quite a few assists during his career. So uh, talk to us a little bit about Michael Cooper. Yeah, I mean, DPOY, um, eight-time all-defense. I mean, this guy, really good defender, and um, also uh, five-time NBA champ. Yeah, I mean, some some really impressive accolades there. I mean, you don't see a lot of guys who are who have been uh, NBA champs five times who have been on the all-defense teams. Eight times. I mean, you got to be some kind of defender, and certainly his reputation matches that. I mean, I've seen, you know, co- comments by Larry Bird that you know this was the toughest player he uh, he had to deal with as a defender. So that's pretty high praise, and you can see it when you watch him on film. I mean, has just incredible length for uh, for a guy his size at six five, one seventy. I mean, really thin, but uh, you know, big enough, long enough to cause major problems, and with fantastic technique on defense. For sure. I mean, yeah, really good player. Absolutely. Has gone on to uh, be involved in basketball in lots of other ways as a coach, a coach with uh, with, with the Lakers and uh, with the Sparks as well in the WNBA and uh, has coached uh, in you know women's college basketball as well at USC and uh, is now coaching back in the high school ranks at uh, Chadwick School. I feel like he coached in the Big Three at some point. He did coach in the Big Three as well. He coached a team called Three's Company in the Big Three. So Michael Cooper, a very accomplished coach at this point as well, in addition to all his time as a player. Yeah. Now, do you think Michael Cooper could be a Hall of Famer? No, definitely not. Just not enough uh, on his statistical resume? I mean, what, what what are you thinking there? I mean, obviously a part of some really, really good teams. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think he can make it. I mean, he's better than some Hall of Famers. Yeah, but, I think that's fair. But I don't think he can make it. I don't know. It's just, what is his Hall of Fame percentage? I mean, it can't be that high. Yeah, let's see. I mean, I, I agree with you. His Hall of Fame percentage is not likely to be that high. His statistical profile just not there. Yeah, 1.2. 1.2%. Yeah, because he just doesn't show up in the uh, leaderboards. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. But, I mean, I think his reputation – from that, from that era, probably uh, would put him in, in a higher strata than uh, than his stats do. Yes. Uh, certainly interesting to uh, to think about, and obviously still active in, uh, in in the basketball community right now. So let's uh, let's continue. Let's uh, run through our uh, our lineups again. I think we had the same lineups for uh, New Mexico here, and then we can uh, talk about a few other players. Um, center: Real Daniels, power forward: Kenny Thomas, small forward: Danny Granger, shooting guard: Tony Snell, and point guard: Michael Cooper. That's uh, what I had as well. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple of the guys from uh, New Mexico. This uh, this next one was uh, was pretty hard to uh, to leave off my off my team. Uh, talking about Ira Harge. Do you look at this guy? Uh no. I mean ABA champ. That's really all I gotta say. I mean, <clears throat> not great. 
Yeah, a guy who uh, played his career in the in the ABA. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, 427 regular season games. Uh, you know, averaged up over uh, 10 points per game during his time there, yeah. and uh, big time rebounder as well. Yeah. Average yeah. double double for his career: 10.3 points per game and 11.6 rebounds per game. I did not see this guy. Yeah, it's, it's pr- pretty impressive, I think. And uh, yeah, I mean, played. Uh, at uh, New Mexico, I don't remember if he played with uh, with Mel Daniels or if they were just uh, good buddies. But um, the two of them, uh, certainly two of the great bigs uh, in New Mexico history. And, For sure. Uh, you know, ABA titleists. For sure, yeah. I mean, both good players. Absolutely. He actually got drafted twice. Yeah, it's uh, kind of hard to believe. Uh, I'm getting the, uh, the appropriate eye roll over here. Don't worry about it. Uh, let's also talk about Luke Longley. Now, this guy, obviously, a three-time NBA champion. Yeah, I mean, if you earn a picture on Basketball Reference and you play in the 90s, you're probably going to be a solid player. <laughs> you probably will have won some titles. Uh, tell us a little bit about Luke Longley. The guy's from uh, from Australia. Yeah, I mean, solid player, starter on the three-time three-title teams. I mean, yeah, good player. Yeah, earned the trust of uh, Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, which is uh, you know no small feat. So uh, yeah. you know he, he definitely uh, you know did did his job. Known as a uh, you know big time physical player, uh, screen setter, guy who's you know stood seven two two sixty five. So you know couldn't ignore this guy. And uh, Luke Longley, a presence on those Bulls teams, that really you know certainly the highlight of his career as it would be for most uh, most NBA players. And uh, you know, wrapped up his career with uh, with some time with uh, with the Suns and finally with the Knicks. Also had a notable uh, international career as part of uh, the Australian team. Yeah. So a good player for sure. And uh, finally, want to uh, mention uh, Darrington Hobson. Okay. Fine. Now uh, Darrington Hobson just with a uh, brief cameo in the league, just five Buddha. games with, with the Bucks, known as uh, as Butta. <laughs> oh yeah. Probably because he liked to, uh, you know, bang into the ball with his butt. Okay, um, scroll down. I want to see some four points. Yeah, scored four points in the league. Just not, not, not a, not a lot of uh, run in in the NBA. But you know, with uh, with Butta, he's only thirty two, so perhaps still an opportunity. I know he's playing professionally elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This guy's not great. I mean. Well, still, uh, still chipping away, uh, playing down in Australia for the uh, Illawarra Hawks most recently, and uh, we'll see if he's able to make a move to get back to uh, U.S. basketball at some point in the future. Yeah, um, no shots at the line, so got two field goals. Hey, it was uh, you know not not a whole lot of time. You don't want to judge him too harshly on his uh, thirty-nine minute sample from uh, that he, from that he had one foul. Yeah, hey, you know, these, you know the refs. Uh, let's. Uh, Let's uh, let, let's wrap up this uh, discussion of New Mexico and uh, get down to a comparison of uh, Bradley and New Mexico players. Let's uh, let's talk through these guys. At uh, at, at center, we've got uh, Bradley, Steve Kuberski, and uh, New Mexico's Mel Daniels. Who you got? Sorry, I just thought you were taking a break there, but it's fine. Um, uh, Mel Daniels for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that that puts uh, puts us at one nothing uh, New Mexico. At power forward, we've got Bradley's Danny Granger and New Mexico's Kenny Thomas. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Danny Granger. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Some higher peak to be sure. How about at, uh, at small forward, where we've got Bradley's Chet Walker and New Mexico's Danny Granger showing up again. Chet Walker. 
Yeah, in this one, uh, Chet Walker, I think, gets the edge, which is uh, going to put us at 2-1 uh, at Bradley at the shooting guard spot. We've got Hersey Hawkins of Bradley and Tony Snell of New Mexico. Hersey Hawkins. Yeah, so it's going to be 3-1 Bradley at this point. And they're going to clinch it. That's right. <laughs> and at point guard, we've got Laverne Tart of Bradley going up against point guard Michael Cooper of New Mexico. Michael Cooper. Yeah, I gotta agree with that one. Much more accomplished player. But 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 Laverne, uh, I'm saying Laverne Tart was good. Yeah, he was good. You're, I mean, I I completely agree. Better than uh, than than certainly history has uh, has remembered him. I think. I uh, probably do it. Most of his performance being in the ABA. I mean, that, you know, har- harder to uh, to wrap that into NBA history. Um, so that's going to give a, a a three-two edge to Bradley. Is that how you think it would actually play out if these teams uh, got on the court? No. So explain to me what you're thinking is there. Mel Daniel is super dominant. Jamie Granger can really shoot it. Tony Snell. I mean, I think he could get it going. And Michael Cooper is going to be a major problem on, on defense, especially to like Laverne Tart, Jamie Granger. I mean, there's going to be two Jamie Grangers. Which team is going to play them? <laughs> <laughs> have to split him, I guess, and, and he'll he'll be on both squads. So yeah, it would, would be an especially interesting matchup featuring the same player on both squads. Yes, that's what I wanted to do. This one. All right, well, glad we uh, glad glad we uh, took care of that. We've uh, now gone through uh, Bradley in New Mexico. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we're, we're available uh, just about everywhere at this point on uh, you know wherever podcast uh, listening tool you use, and uh, we look forward to uh, having you back next time. Yeah, if you're enjoying, please leave a rating, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, thanks. So you can uh, reach out to us uh, on social media at Barnards on NBA on Twitter or uh, via email at Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com. Bye.